0: Everybody.
1: Good morning. Third week in a row. That's right. Well, who are you?
0: Who am I? I am Sadie K. Frazier of the Daily Escape Podcast.
1: I am Stephen St. Clair of the Crafted Quill Podcast.
0: And we are actually doing our Sunday episode of Have Coffee Will Travel. That's right.
1: So this morning um, we um made a little something for breakfast and we, there's no
0: other words to say but oh my gird
1: we uh found it on <laughs> an older episode of rachel ray what was the
0: justin sutherland i think was yeah, his name he was,
1: so it was an older episode but he was making uh i believe he's up in minnesota but his biscuits and gravy recipe that he uses is has roots based out of the south so, let me, let me tell you about this recipe, Candice Aidy. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. It needs to be shared. With, I mean, like, we share our hearts and our inspiration and our traumas and all that stuff, but come on. We got to share the biscuits and gravy recipe, too, because so, that's who we are.
1: And I I have always been, like, everybody's got their one clutch thing. Like, if you could take everything away from me, just don't take that. Well, mine has always been one thing. I've always made... Biscuits. And the recipe I've always used is from my mom's side of the family. And it.
0: Was it your great grandma's recipe or did it go further? It back was my great
1: grandma's aunt. Okay. So this lady, and I don't remember her name, I have to ask my mom, was probably born in the late 1800s, if I had to venture a guess. And so, a little backstory my grandma, um, every Sunday, would get up and make my great-grandpa uh, biscuits for breakfast before they went to church. And...
0: Ding, ding, ding. Love language plug.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> um, this was the, uh, the the original hashtag foodie before mm-hmm. foodie was foodie.
0: Before grandma and grandpa. And <laughs>
1: now, I've, I've always made... Now, I'm 40-plus I'm years old. 47. <laughs> and uh, I have always made some variation of this recipe. But there is something to be said about sticking to the recipe sort of so when we made this we ran across that episode and we watched it um i'll I'll explain the biscuit part Sadie. you can do the gravy part mm-hmm. um like i said i've always loved biscuits there's there's nothing better like and i even like the dough and that's the thing if if you see me making biscuits you're going to see me stick my finger Snapping in it on the dough. and I, it and it's a good way to to test the dough you got mm-hmm. you got to proof it
0: We've pre- and we've pretty much perfected biscuits and gravy over the years. You've perfected the biscuits. I've perfected the gravy. You even perfected the gravy after I, a while. I too, learned from so you, so that's kind of our thing: is biscuits and gravy. So.
1: And now the, the original recipe, just real quick, I won't, you know, tell you all the ins and outs. It's not a secret, but it's it's oh, it's hundred plus years old. So, it has the basic basic dry ingredients: flour, salt, baking powder. Uh, those are the three main dries. Now, the original, I believe, called for um, Crisco, and depending on how old you are, lard or oleo, or, but it was always Crisco growing up. And the higher the milk fat, like, honestly, if you're going to make it the right way, you would use probably whole milk or buttermilk. So there's like a whole hierarchy of liquids you would mm-hmm. add. Start with buttermilk or whole milk.
0: Yeah, we've made 2%, it
1: 2%, 1%. A lot with
0: I, regular milk, but it's oh not yeah. the same without the
1: butter. I, milk. I won't do skim milk for cooking. No. It's just, it's not worth it. It's water with white in it.
0: I mean, skim milk is not made for fatties. Let's get real. No.
1: So, bare minimum, don't go below 1% because you're losing that dairy fat in it. And now you can, I'm very much a flavor-oriented person. You can, if you don't have the other ingredients, it's okay. Like, I'll use, like, stick butter. I'll use, like, Imperial butter. That's my favorite margarine to use but regular milk is okay just don't go below one percent however if you want to knock your taste buds or your your partners or your guests taste buds out of their mouth buttermilk real salted butter all the all the right ingredients because each aspect of what you're putting into that that mixing bowl needs to stand up on its own which is why you want to use buttermilk real butter but in in this recipe's case that we made this morning justin's uh one thing that i had never seen before is he froze his salted butter froze his crisco now when i use the crisco he he, i think you probably if you want a true frozen i don't know that you're actually going to get it unless you have a deep freeze So when I pulled out the Crisco, it was hard on the outside, like a little frozen, but it was still soft. Then what you do is you grate in the butter and the Crisco. And it helps with the flakiness and the overall as it it just slowly cooks into the dough. Instead of having already room temp butter or Crisco, it's going to melt faster. So if you use frozen or near frozen butter and Crisco... It's going to take a little bit longer to incorporate into the internal parts of the biscuit dough. So, I, in Justin's biscuit dough, so there's regular biscuit dough, there's chives, bacon,
0: cheese,
1: a cup of
0: sharp, sharp cheddar. Sharp cheddar? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, I. I didn't follow the mixing directions, and I don't know if it was good or bad or indifferent, but I put all the dry ingredients in first, blended those up, because you don't want clumps of salt or powder. It's better, to I feel, to better, to evenly distribute by mixing the dry together. Then I added all the liquid, and then I used my mixer, mixed it just enough to get it all good and thoroughly mixed, then I added the cheese and the bacon and the chives and hand-mixed it in.
0: And three-quarters of the rest of that package of bacon went into the gravy. So you yep. can imagine how savory this was. One cup of bacon in the savory dough. This
1: was. Dumped it out on a pan. Now, my problem, a lot of doughs tell you to, to handle just a little bit. But because of the amount of ingredients, you almost have to over-handle just a little bit. Because I tend to layer. I, I flatten out my dough. And then I fold it in. I'm making like, i pretend like I'm folding the blanket. I layer it. I flip it over, roll it back out, layer it. Because by the time you're done, you go got to pick a biscuit up. Excuse me, I misspoke. <laughs> it, you literally will just pull the top off because it's in such a neat little layer.
0: I think that helps make the layers in there too oh, and yeah. the flakiness mm-hmm. of it when you fold
1: it like that. And then, as I say, the Crisco is what helps mm-hmm. in that too. So you can't just have a good bacon cheddar-y, chive biscuit. What
0: goes good with that, Sadie? You have to have gravy on top of have have it. Gravy. And he actually Justin Sutherland actually included his gravy recipe too, so I made it. I make it a little bit different usually. I've made it with ground beef. We've always had hamburger gravy growing up. Boring, plain, uh, still good, but it's okay in a pinch. plain. But because my parents never really were big uh, Italian sausage fans. So you are a huge Italian sausage fan. So well, but- most times now and actually, it's a friend of his from work, Terrence. Um, we always buy a half a <laughs> half a freezer worth of um, Italian sausage that's fresh right from the animal. So we're out of it, unfortunately. That
1: would have been good this morning, I it think. It would have been
0: good. But so this recipe called for ground pork, but it has a little bit of uh, thyme and rosemary in it also. I didn't put much of that in because I didn't want to overwhelm it, but it gave it just enough to make it taste Italian sausage. Italian Mm -hmm. sausage-y and then it's got this time so when I make my gravy I usually brown up the ground beef and the onions or the sausage and the onions however you make yours and then I add a stick of butter and I melt that in to the meat once that's melted I would add my flour and my milk and my recipe calls for eight tablespoons of flour and four cups of milk so this one You don't put any butter in it. I did add a tiny bit to the bottom just to make sure that the pork didn't stick, but I browned up the pork, some garlic, some onion, and then you add the flour and you let it cook without any butter in it, which I've never done before.
1: It's kind of opposite.
0: It's very opposite. There was no butter until the very end. So you add the flour, you let it cook for like two minutes until it gets nice and bubbly and hot. Then you add six and a half cups of milk and I actually doubled the milk because we ended up making double the gravy. But anyway, you let that cook until it's almost thickened and then you add a stick of butter and you stir that in and then it's ready to go. And it was probably one of the best gravies and biscuit combination that we've ever had.
1: Now would you say excuse me, the same holds true for gravy in terms of Butter versus margarine, 1% milk versus whole milk.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be thicker. It's going to be, I think the whole milk makes it a little bit richer. But we've often, we we don't usually buy whole milk anymore. You and I drink 1% milk. So 99% of the time when we make gravy, that's what we use. But actually, hy screwed up our groceries this week and gave us a whole container of Whole milk, uh, lactose-free. Might be chugging on that So later. I used about four cups of 1%, like we normally would, and then the other couple cups I put in of that whole milk. So well, good. And,
1: and the key thing that we're trying to, to drive home is your tongue is covered. Well, your mouth, really, but mainly your tongue is covered with millions of taste buds. Each part of your tongue is going to pick up on salty, sweet, savory, spicy, what have you. So the The more um, flavor profile you have on your food that you're making, i.e., whole milk versus one percent milk, you know the the anything animal related is going to have. There's a certain amount of fat that you want to go after. Like if I cook if I cook out with ribeye, I don't want a heavy fat laden piece of meat. Mm-hmm. I, ribeye has. You want to look at the marbling and it's you know that's why it's my favorite steak because I mean yeah you can always cut off the excess excess fat but sometimes it's also okay also okay to leave it a little bit so when Sadie was making the gravy you use the whole the wholeest part of the ingredient possible the real butters did you end up adding a little buttermilk to it
0: Yeah, you had about a tablespoon left of yours that you'd added to your biscuits, so I just dumped it in also. Not enough to probably...
1: Not necessary, but but it just adds flavor. There's a point when you're just like literally like, okay, how much flavor can we pack into this?
0: Well, apparently a little bit more than that because his recipe also topped it with a fried egg, so we decided Mm -hmm. to try that too, and that was awesome on top of it. Let that runny, gooey, sunny-side-up egg Mm -hmm. just run all over those biscuits. It was so good.
1: And I told Sadie afterwards, I said, well, Guy Fieri would have stopped at the egg. Yeah. I'll eat the biscuits and gravy, but leave <laughs> off the egg.
0: Yep.
1: So, you're asking me, why are we talking so much about food? So, sorry, I actually had a bite in my mouth. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're talking about biscuits and gravy, we might as well podcast with it. I mentioned earlier the biscuit recipe that I have used my entire life, and I'm plus 40 years old. Um... The good part about a good recipe, especially one that's been in the family for so long, long, it comes with memories. And within those memories comes, hopefully, love. I can remember my best memory, tied to biscuits but tied to family. Uh, I grew up in Denver the first part of my life, the first 10 years. And uh, I believe my grandpa had already passed, But my mom's mom and dad came over, and we went driving in the mountains. I think we drove clear down to the uh, uh, United States Air Force Base in Colorado Springs. So that was an all-day adventure. And then at some point, the adults in the car decided, hey, we're going to make a platter of scrambled eggs and biscuits and So when I'm making my, if I stick to the recipe, that memory of seven-year-old, eight-year-old me sitting at the table with an enormous platter of eggs and biscuits being placed in front of me, I can still taste the biscuits and the memory just comes back. So it's very important for families... Uh, even if you don't really like to cook, but you have kids, establish some sort of
0: tradition tradition
1: or a recipe book that is turned more into a family album. Mm-hmm. You know, Sadie has in the works right now, hint, hint, uh, a cookbook of just her, her family's recipes, my family recipes. Recipes probably found all over the web, but are family-based. Because I I would almost guarantee you every one of those recipes has a family memory tied to it.
0: Exactly. And if you have kids and you're thinking, there comes a certain point, like when your kids are too little and you're making all these things and you're doing all these traditions and they don't even seem to notice. They don't really seem to pay attention to what you're doing. They're just eating food because it tastes good and they're not really associating that with that being nostalgic for you either. And then maybe your kids are teenagers after that and they definitely don't want to sit down with you anymore and eat those same meals. Or they ask for them once in a while on special occasions, but they could care less what the history is behind that th- that yeah, stuff. Yeah. We're finding now our adult children are reminiscing and wanting to recreate some of these recipes and their m- memories are now flooding back, which I think is cool. And
1: two out of our five kids have kids. Yep. And our, our <laughs> oldest daughter has a daughter and soon to have another daughter, that th- their, first, their first daughter um, eats everything under the sun. And it's like you, you are inadvertently creating memories with that child. Mm-hmm. So when our grandchild is an adult, they'll say, Hey, Mom, what was that thing you used to make for me when I was little? Or, you know, Hey, Mammo, Papa, can you make your biscuits and gravy? they may not realize why they like it until they realize at some point, oh, there's a memory with that. Mm -hmm. Because all my grandparents are dead. So when I make that biscuit recipe, I also do it to honor them. And I'm going to (laughs) cry. So it's. I
0: think we've we've both been. That's probably why we're bringing this up now too. We've both been feeling very nostalgic lately. Very life is too short. Where did the time go with our grandparents? With our parents? Um, it's just we are the older generation now, and we're we've got aging parents, and even our kids are having medical issues that you wouldn't think at twenty and thirty years old too. So.
1: So when we were standing in the kitchen. I suggested to Sadie, of course, it's always like, oh, like not just a light bulb, but like a strobe light goes (laughs) up. We should do a podcast on blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, I mentioned,
0: um, I had my knife in my hand cutting up the bacon at the time. You
1: have an old knife. It's not sharp. It's just, and that's the, the significance of that knife is not the fact that it's this, but it's because it's. Your grandma's knife. Yeah, it's not
0: even my mom's, it's my grandma's. And my grandma was born in 1906, (laughs) if that tells you anything. And she's probably had it since she was first married. I don't know. But I will not get rid of that knife, and I use it for almost everything You won't even let me sharpen it. It's dull as crap. (laughs) I'm afraid it's going to break.
1: So what are... um, My mom used to use for cutting biscuit dough a tomato paste can that. that... I never understood why, why that. So, I don't have an official biscuit cutter. I wish I did, but.
0: I mean, I can give you a tomato paste can any time you want, you want, honey. See, and I
1: like, <laughs> when I, I make biscuits, they're probably palm of your hand size. Yeah. A little Probably a little bigger than they should be, but, you know, your doctor won't thank me at all for that. True. But when you want, you don't want a little biscuit for biscuits and gravy. You want. To cut them in half or crumble them, but you want to open them up so that you have a surface area required to hold the amount of gravy that you want. And if you're using, like, a small biscuit, it's just there's nothing there. Yeah. However, the biscuit is going to be good. That's true. No matter what size. So, what's another object from your childhood that is a family?
0: Mm, Just as far as, like, things to cook out of, um, like, the Revereware pans that used to have the copper bottoms Mm -hmm. on them. For a while growing up, I've since changed that, and I don't even know when that happened. I guess over quarantine, I finally got myself some new pans, but I would literally go to Goodwill and buy someone else's pans mm. because I had to have those pans from my childhood. They there's, never stuck. They never... No. I just... I remember my grandma standing over that, that same skillet with the two black handles and the copper bottom on it.
1: Certain... There's something to be said about things that stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my mom would use Corningware
0: mm-hmm.
1: casserole yeah, dishes. Yeah, we always had Corningware. And then she had, and this can be kind of a sad part, not really, but so when I was probably late eighties, um, my mom had used a brown glass mixing bowl, and I don't remember who made it, but I had a spoon, and I tossed in the sink without even looking. And it hit my mom's brown bowl that was probably predates the 70s, 60s. And I broke it. And my mom heard it. And she turned around. She was in the dining room. Turned around. And I'm like, I panicked. I looked at the bowl. I looked at my mom. And end of story. (laughs) I had broken a family heirloom. Now, in the grand scheme of things, was it... Really, a true family family heirloom? Not really, but it was Again, something. It was the memory. Yeah, it was my she mom. Could
0: go out and replace the bowl, but
1: my mom—that was the bowl she made chocolate frosting in. Yep. so no more frosting for me. <laughs>
0: um, you know, one of the things uh, grilled cheese. This is just a random thought off the top of my head, but I have a strong connection to grilled cheese sandwiches, and your mom has a lot to do with that. Standing in her kitchen across the street from us in Independence when we both lived there. I I don't even know if... I don't even think it was Velveeta at the time. I think it was, like, co-op cheese. Yeah. But she'd get out this big block of cheese, and it was the way she sliced it, and showed. she made the best grilled cheese sandwiches. But I think it was more the conversations we had. She was, like, my second mom growing up, and she would just talk to me, and, like, she was one of the first people that I felt like she actually was there to listen to me, but she would make grilled cheese sandwiches. And then my grandma, Nita made grilled cheese sandwiches in her oven somehow and it's the i can still smell how the cheese melted we call them fags it's the the extra pieces of the cheese that get all crunchy and crispy but yeah that is a term this day i mean it's so simple to make a grilled cheese sandwich in the oven or in a pan and i still cannot make it like my grandma did i don't even know what she did it was probably just grandma's extra love and magic that she put into it but my mom and my grandma both, or sorry, your mom and my grandma both, just that that memories attached to those grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah.
1: and that that's a um, also another aspect of family recipes and cooking. That's an ancient thing also. Mm-hmm. The women of the village would cook, talking, sharing stories about everything. Men would be around the fire talking and it, it was very role oriented in the in the, the tribe or the clan or so as Sadie was saying when she would cook with or just be near um, family relatives that were cooking you would she would hear the stories or partake in the story making mm-hmm. And now as an adult we have those stories from our past. We have stories of our present, That are making stories for tomorrow.
0: Mm -hmm. That that was deep. That was deep. (laughs) I would encourage the younger generation, if anybody's listening, to pay attention. Pay attention to what your moms, your dads, your grandmas, your grandpas, even if you have great-grandparents still, pay attention to their stories and keep them close to your heart because you won't always have those.
1: When uh, our girls, our two girls, we have a mixed family. Uh, When our two girls were little... Uh, and they started liking eggs. I would make fried eggs, but I started, I would break the egg and then take one of the half of the eggs and put it on top of the fried egg. And my youngest one was like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm putting the helmet on the egg. <laughs> so there was another time when... I
0: didn't know you called it that either. Yeah, and I was, came home one day and she was trying to make them for him, And she's like, where's the helmet at? I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no helmets for eggs.
1: So the, And that stuck for the longest time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then a, another memory that I have um, when our oldest daughter... Was high school a little bit older than that? Um, she's she's early twenty, so she's not real far out of high school. She would stay up all night, but then had a tendency to stay on the phone with her now, but then boyfriend. Fiance. Yeah, now fiance. Back <laughs> then it was a boyfriend. Um, she would make cookies at night, and I would get so mad at her because she would just make the cookies and leave the mess, and I finally said, Megan. You can make cookies, but they have to be good. Otherwise, if they're not good and you suck at them, you have to clean your mess up. And that put a smile on her face, a very rare occurrence with her and I. She goes, okay, deal. I'll make cookies, and if they're good, I don't have to clean up the mess. But if they're sucky, then I have to clean up the mess. Well, let's be honest. She didn't clean up the mess no matter what.
0: But and she, made good she cookies. perfected cookies from there on out, too. She perfected baking all the way around.
1: And and there's a memory that pretty much her and I have. Now, whether or not she remembers that, but she will one day I remember that. like, my dad used to yell at me for making a mess when I would stay with my cookies. But then, you know, it's just... So I encourage anyone who's listening to... Um, don't be so hard on your kids if they're trying to cook or make something obviously teach them safety awareness and but help them develop a good flavor profile help mm-hmm. them know the way around the kitchen teach them what tool goes best with doing that to this you know like we we're talking about the biscuits this morning earlier from Justin um, he cuts them into squares and they're called cat's head biscuits. I don't do that I have always to me biscuits are always round wow. I've had square biscuits, and that's okay, but there's no memories tied to square biscuits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As, as dumb as that sounds, my biscuits will always be round, and they will be giant. Is that okay? Yeah. And I always, here's another thing I always do, and Sadie laughs all the time, I always make a tester biscuit. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit small, a little bit more off. It's not really cut. It's just a blob of dough at the end, and I have it kind of sitting there. It's like the the unruly child that, you know that didn't want to comb its hair so the biscuits done i made biscuits for probably 40 year plus years now always have a tester biscuit and i always pull it out it's the first thing i try i try it with butter and then maybe a little honey and butter and it's just it's just a little thing i've done ever since i was a kid always have a tester biscuit or if you have something my mom used to to tease about because she used to love chocolate is that she would have? She would make cake or brownies, and then when she'd go to cover, she go, "Oh, I gotta straighten that edge up." That was her way of saying, "I just want one last bite." So Chris and I do that, or Sadie and I do that. Sorry,
0: <laughs> um,
1: <clears throat> it was just a memory thing.
0: Speaking of cutting off the edge of a uh, brownies or cake or anything like that, we also used to mess with one of our kids who it drove her nuts. It had oh. to be cut perfectly. <laughs> Sandwiches had to be cut perfectly at an angle. Yeah, Stephen would. <laughs> <laughs> just get her goat every single time, and cut a piece right out of the center of the brownies. Just, and she'd come out in the kitchen. What kind of psychopath does this? Your parents are paying giggle. you back for being a teenager. <laughs>
1: so yeah, it, and I would, I would be across the house, and I would hear her yell, "Who ate the middle of the brownie?" And, ha ha, that's for me, leaving me the mess you made last night. And honestly, let's be honest. Sometimes, like, you could like the edge of a brownie or a piece of cake, and that's okay too, but I like the middle. Mm-hmm. However, if you're making brownie a la mode, mm-hmm. you want the edge, the crust, because then you put ice cream and it soaks that up. All right. Yeah. Perfect. So, who wants brownies later? Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a favorite? Let's do weeknight first. Like, growing up, if you think about. Okay coming home from school right after school mm. do you have a favorite snack or anything that would either be waiting for you mm. or that you had to tide you over to dinner
1: one of the weirdest things I made well actually I like them all like if there's cookies but sometimes I would make like burrito shells with I would melt some butter and then add cinnamon and sugar mm-hmm. to it and then roll it. But you got to fold the end so the butter doesn't drip out. Mm-hmm. One time when I was a kid, I had vanilla ice cream and grape jelly huh. mixed in. I've it, it strawberry. And it was so good.
0: Yeah. I've never uh, had a grape.
1: There was another time when I was still living in Denver. I just I woke up, wrong side of the bed, probably on the opposite end of the bed. And I cried. I drug my feet. And my mom was like... If you go to school, I'll make you some cookies, and you come home. So I think my mom, and this might be one of those. It was so long ago. I I could be misremembering that part. That doesn't happen very often, but she made maple bars. They are like maple cookie bars. And, yeah, Sadie's (laughs) poking her eyeballs out. But it was, that's one of those. I don't remember how good they were. They are pretty good. My mom was good at everything. But it was the memory tied Mm -hmm. to walking in as my mom was finishing the last bit of batter or dough for the cookies, and I would just mm-hmm. eat it, and I'm like, okay, my day wasn't that bad.
0: I think I have a lot of like favorite snacks after school, but I have two specific memories. One of them is, uh, every time you say snack and after school, this is where my mind always goes, and it's when we lived in Phoenix, and I would come home and sit at our round table that was between our living room and our, our kitchen. It was a real small round table. And my mom would get out um, chips and salsa, and I would sit and do my homework and look out at the pool and the sunshine, and I don't know why that one sticks so much, but that's literally one of my favorite snack memories. And then my other favorite snack memory has to do with, maybe we should have done a separate summertime one, but this has to do with my Grandma Nita. A lot of my food memories come from both of my Grandma's, but my Grandma Nita's was always cheese. That's where I got my love of cheese from. She would buy every cheese under the sun, whether it was stinky or nasty or whatever. And as long as my grandma was eating it with me, I thought it was the best thing in the whole world. Now,
1: you have another memory tied, though. What, with champagne? (laughs) And cocoa fudge, Vesp...
0: Just wait. I'm not there yet. So I got to head head the train. So, the cheese, she would always pull out this little glass. And now, my dad and my stepmom don't remember this, so... Either my grandma didn't tell him, or she was fooling me, and she never really put alcohol in the glass. But she would <laughs> fill up our glasses with this bubbly. I mean, she I saw her pour it right out of the champagne. Had bottle.
1: sparkling juice for and I'm you? I'm talking
0: know. like eight or nine years old. I don't think my grandma had sparkling juice. She literally had bottle after bottle of champagne in there. But anyway, we'd have champagne and cheese, and that was one of my favorite things. Once my mom and dad got divorced. Um, I would go over on Friday nights, and my favorite memory became watching *Planet of the Apes*. And she would always make popcorn and <laughs> homemade sorry. cocoa fudge. It was the best <laughs> cocoa fudge ever.
1: Yeah, so, we haven't had that for a while.
0: Mm-mm. No, I'm I'm fudge PTSD'd after this <laughs> Christmas is yeah, that
1: was a little rough. That uh, we had a cooking incident that uh, a certain family relation of mine. May or may not have given my wife the correct <laughs> liquid ingredient, and we had a something that looked a lot like fudge, but didn't end up being fudge. It was like <laughs> something from the moon.
0: There was there was a mix up in sweetened condensed milk and
1: you used evaporated and evaporated.
0: Yeah. No, it should have been evaporated instead of sweetened condensed. I think, and it just said condensed, so it's okay. We're gonna try again Oopsie. when we go down there. Try
1: mom. But, so you owe us some fudge though.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was my favorite. That is that is the ultimate favorite memory of my grandma's was the cocoa fudge, and we'd sit and watch Planet yeah. of the Apes. But
1: my mom actually made that too a little bit, not yeah. very often. It's like I I've only tried it like once, and I was not I couldn't do it. It's just
0: it's hard. You gotta
1: have the knack for it. There's a certain part when the sugar is at the Restorizes. right temp and it balls up. That's yeah. when you know it's it's done, right? Yeah. Or just a minute or so past that.
0: Yeah. And then back to your point about the. The Pop. that was a summertime memory. Mm, my grandma which would kind? strawberry or grape or orange, either one. Mine but root mine beer. was strawberry. Oh, I never root had the beer. root beer. Mm. Yeah, mine was mainly strawberry was my favorite, and then Gino's pizza. She'd mm. keep a ton of them in the refrigerator, in the freezer, in the refrigerator, in the freezer, and we would pull those out and eat them in the summertime. But. Um, Let's see, speaking of summertime also, when we'd come back here in the summertime and we'd be with my dad and Nina at the cabin, we would, sometimes Nina wouldn't always go with us right away. My dad was always off on Fridays or he took off on Fridays, so we would head out to the cabin early and Nina would join us sometime on Saturday when she was off work or later Friday night, whatever. But especially the times that she didn't go with us, my dad would always pack Oreos wheatsworth crackers and cheese whiz and those were literally like that is my favorite memory of him besides (laughs) saturday mornings and i have this memory i just told you about it a couple weeks ago i have no idea why he did this but my dad would always sneak off before everybody else and he would run to the store and he would buy donut sticks and vitamin d chocolate milk so i'd come out in the kitchen and i'd wake up yep Literally, mic drop. Good one. (laughs) I would come out into the kitchen, and he'd be sneaking back in the back door on their house on Windy Heights, and he'd have uh, chocolate milk and donut sticks, and we'd share them. And this one particular morning, I think we were either headed off to a car show or a uh, flea market, which is also some of my favorite memories. I I know I loved it. My grandpa used to go with us too. It was a blast. Anyway. I don't know why, but I ended up on the ground in a tickle fest. And that was one of my favorite memories with him because it was so out of character. He just, like, we must have looked at each other with one of those looks on our face, and it was on. It was like we just both dove toward each, towards each other one time, and he started tickling me. And then we sat down and had chocolate milk and donut sticks and went off to a car show. So one of my favorite memories. but
1: yeah, I uh, One of my memories for my grandpa is um, he and I used to fish a lot. Like, I... I'm the oldest out of everybody on my side. And um, before my grandpa died, uh, my grandma made a paper grocery sack full of popcorn. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If you think about how big paper sacks are, they're, they're huge. So if you can imagine one of those filled with popcorn. So my grandpa, my brother, and I went fishing and we had a build sack full of popcorn, which my my grandpa may have used that for bait even. I don't know. But um, we actually got, we had a good time, but we got sunburned so bad. And my grandpa felt so bad, but consequently, I think it may have been just a couple short weeks later that my grandpa actually passed. So that was one of those, granted, popcorn's not really, you know, a food that you would think you would associate memories to, but... (laughs) Um, Mine
0: is huge with popcorn.
1: In this case, it was just the big brown sack of popcorn and fishing. Yep. So, you no, know, not that I would make a bag of popcorn like that big now, but
0: no, but we used to for the kids. I mean, my parents yeah. would make um, bags, brown bags of popcorn, and take them to the drive-in theaters with us on the weekends. Take our own popcorn. That was a blast. It had butter and salt.
1: And now we just take popcorn home from the theater.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then my, like I said, my grandma Nita, she was always making popcorn and fudge. And then my mom, we would have, like on the weekends, we would have the, so weekend memories. That was my favorite thing. I don't know why we never made pizza during the week, but it became like a, that was our thing was to make either tacos, lasagna, pizza, stuff like that. That was our weekend meals. And then when we'd sit down on Friday nights and watch movies and stuff, it was all, we always had popcorn. So I just realized that I didn't realize that was tied to a memory, but because of my acid reflux and some other stuff that I have going on, I can't have a whole lot of stuff in the evenings to snack on, but that is my almost every single night snack. And so I have. But if you notice, I'm totally into it while I'm eating it too. Oh, and yeah. I think I just now realize that that's probably memory-related instead. So,
1: Yeah. So let's talk about um, weekend family foods and memories since you,
0: you touched mm-hmm.
1: on that. Uh, I see written on the bottom there, crab rangoons. Yep. Uh, that, that was, that started as a me thing, I think, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I had never uh, had them before you.
1: I, I ever. found them in Missouri before I moved up in 99, and then I told Sadie, he's like, oh, you should let me make these. Uh-huh. So
0: one of our first dates was at the Chinese yeah, place. in Missouri. Yes, yep. and that was the first China time I Garden. had crab rangoons there, no, too. No,
1: Dragon House, sorry. And, uh, they were really good. hmm That was a long time ago. Yeah,
0: it was. So
1: I started making them for the kids growing up, and it became an, an annual like, holiday thing, didn't it, over New Year's or more so I, just weekends in general.
0: I was going to say, it. yes, it was a holiday thing, but after a while it became like an every weekend thing there for a while, which Jen just brought up recently. Like mm. She didn't realize, you don't realize what your kids perceive your life to be like growing up. So we, like you said earlier, we had a mixed family. For a while, my ex had three of the older ones for circumstances we don't need to go over again. But and then our older two were with us all the time. We drove back and forth to pick up the kids. And then in the summer times, we had them the whole summer. Well, after we were all together again, um, obviously, when you're raising five kids and only one of you was working at the time, there was a lot of weekends that we had no money, and I still don't even know how we fed seven of us on the budget that we had. But Geno's
1: Pizza and Vespa.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember one weekend we had, like, something came up, probably a car repair or something like that, and we had, like, zero money to get groceries with. And we went to the store, and we got all Always Saved products. Yep. And we spent, like, $50 for seven of us for three meals for seven days, and we did it. What it took. yeah. You could never do that Probably there's some
1: hamburger helper or tuna helper in probably. there. Probably. Three boxes for a yeah, dollar or... something like that. You know.
0: Anyway, so my point to that is that Jen just brought this up with me earlier that she didn't realize... Like, now she's a mom. She's a single mom. She's got two little boys with a lot of... She's got a lot of health problems, too, but she also doesn't have very much money to do those extra things, but she never felt like those weekends that everybody else was out doing things and all these families were traveling and, and going to all these places and fairs and doing all the funds concerts and whatever, all these things that we didn't get to do, she didn't even know that it was because we didn't have money. She, I remember that. Yeah, her memory is that mom and dad spent an entire weekend with us. We would hole up in the house. We would get... You know, you'd make homemade pizza, we'd make crab rangoons, stuff like that, mac and cheese, and hot dogs, I mean, just whatever. It, it became the weekend didn't norm. really matter, but we would play games with them all weekend long. Like, as soon as you got off work and we made the homemade pizza, we were playing Call of Duty, all of us together, or Mario Party, or... Or even younger
1: than that, we'd go to Blockbuster.
0: Yep. And, the, yeah, that's the other thing she mentioned was Blockbuster and rent movies, but... You know, we didn't have any money to take them to do all these fancy things, but that's their favorite memories because they had our time and our attention, and it's now become those crab rangoons, that homemade pizza, those kind of things are attached to their best memories with us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I have another weekend uh, Saturday night memory, and this is on our house on Wynwood Circle, but I love stew. I absolutely love stew. And I love cabbage, but there was a way that my mom made the cabbage or the stew with the cabbage in it for some reason. I don't remember liking it when I was little, and it was that slimy cabbage pieces that were in that stew, and I was like, I love the stew, but I would sit there and just gag down the pieces of cabbage. But what I remember is we would always, this would be Saturday nights, she would make that, probably cook it in the crock pot if, or the slow cooker if I had to guess, and we would sit in front of the TV... With one of those hair dryer things that you put over your head, the bonnet thing that you turn on and you plug it in and it makes all kinds of noise. You put that on my head and dry my hair because we had church the next day and we would sit and watch Carol Burnett show. And that's like one of my very favorite memories. I didn't care that the cabbage, I mean, I did care at the time that it was blue. Uh, now
1: the funny part is we eat corned beef and cabbage and it's the same thing. Yeah. Sort of. But I love
0: it. I love cabbage now, but it's the memory that was associated with that too. So, Yeah.
1: Uh, I see Kool-Aid pitcher with Tang.
0: Yeah, does anybody else remember the old... I remember the commercials with the Kool-Aid pitcher guy. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's one of my favorite things. My mom would make Tang and put it in the Kool-Aid pitcher and then put it inside the refrigerator. And it was just... Especially when you were sick, pulling out that Tang afterwards. Finally getting to drink Tang after you'd had the stomach flu or something.
1: mine was... We had a Godfather's pitcher, Pepsi pitcher. Mm -hmm. We had two of them. But not at the same time because my brother broke the first one on his leg, so he had to run. My mom oh. ran back and bought another one, so that's that's why my brother has a big scar across his shin bone
0: because
1: mm-hmm. he dropped it from the counter onto his leg and oh. ripped him open.
0: want to tell your brother's pea story? Was it a pea, a bean? Pea-
1: oh yeah, <laughs> my brother did not like green beans, and so he would. Like, pretend he was coughing in his napkin or wipe his mouth, and he would spit out a mouthful of, of green beans and kind of somehow lift his plate up just enough to put them underneath his plate. Well, one day, one time my mom was clearing the table and picked his plate up and had this, there's a circle of green beans hmm. underneath her, his plate, and that's what my mom knew. She had to think about, wow, is he doing that? Well, then she remembered like, wiping his mouth, and yeah. huh? so that's that's kind of one of those, like, it had nothing to do with good food. It was just, yep. in my brother's case, bad food. Our
0: kids never had to worry about it because we've always had big dogs. So hands just go under the table and the dogs take what they didn't want. So right. I, I actually meant the microwave thing. Oh. Story, not that one. Okay. But that's so, just as good. Yep.
1: So we had a, uh, <laughs> we first moved to Missouri. We had a little tiny white house on the corner. And uh, my brother was sticking a microwave, a, a burrito in the microwave. I don't... He was little. I think he was only like four or five, maybe. But, uh... No, he had to been five, because it was in, like, 85. Um, he stuck a, micro, a burrito in the microwave, and he opened it, and a bean shot out and hit him in his forehead. <laughs> and I just see him... Like, I, I was sitting perfectly where I could see him, and he, he screamed, I got shot with a bean! <laughs> he had this little white scar in the middle of his forehead for the longest time, where he got Poor Polly. Sh- shot by a bean. <laughs> and you could hear it that it was. he must have put it on longer than he needed to and it just superheated the the beans and the cheese mm-hmm. inside and
0: pop <laughs> do you have any food memories attached to like being sick milk afterwards milk
1: and toast yep. like I knew that when I, if I had the stomach flu when I could get to the point where I could where I started craving milk I knew I was almost there and then I would ask my mom, "Say, Mom, I think I'm okay. Can I have a little glass of milk?" And and actually, Seven Up. Also, like you wanted mm-hmm. that cold, that Seven Up tasted so good. And that chicken noodle soup, mm-hmm. and you got to that point when you could when you could stomach that stuff and keep it down. You're you're on the mend. You're almost there. Especially for me, it was milk. Oh
0: yeah. i this, never milk.
1: To this, to this day, I love milk, but I don't, I don't drink it near as much as I used to. Mm-mm. And maybe we should continue to drink it. But
0: Especially vitamin D-wise. Yeah. I think my favorite memory with being sick is, I, I can, I mean, how many times in our life have we been sick? Um, my grandma, again, my grandma Neva, Winwood Circle, and it was, I don't know why specifically that time, but I can specifically remember laying on the couch, and I think I had some kind of stomach bug, because I know I was home for a few days that time, but finally getting to that point where, yeah, she would bring me those Zesta crackers and 7-Up. Mm-hmm. But my favorite memory associated that with that was watching game shows with her during the day because you got to stay home, and she oh. was always home. So it was her and I watching game shows, and then Young and the Restless would come on afterwards. But
1: Young and the Restless.
0: Even when I had uh, meningitis, and I was recovering and trying to learn my words again all over, ugh, that's what I... I was so overwhelmed by everything else in my brain that I couldn't comprehend sentences and put, you know, to watch shows and try to keep up with stuff like that. I would turn on the game show, and I probably watched the game show like 24 hours a day for months. I had no choice but to just kind of, I don't know, just one of those memories.
1: You needed to uh, just be for a while. Yep. What else do we have on our list?
0: I don't know. I think that's about it. One of my weeknight favorite ones was, like, oven-fried chicken and mashed potatoes nope. or meatloaf. Mm. and. Yeah,
1: that's true. I knew, I knew if my mom was making oven-fried chicken and mashed potatoes that there probably was going to be biscuits. Mm-hmm. So there's that, too. Yep. It's all about the biscuits.
0: Nina's were her—she um, taught me how to make them when, in the summer times, they would come home and they would make— uh, they'd have us start the grill ahead of time. She'd have the meat all ready to go, but I would make homemade potatoes and onions. That was mm. my favorite thing there. And then um, her jello. I can't even remember what's in it, but there was like fruit salad and cherry jello. I think that was one of my brother's favorites. But again, memories associated with that. Mm-hmm. Now it's like her able skewers <clears throat> and stuff like that too. Food's a relevant memory maker. Yep.
1: Let me take one last gander. Okay.
0: Yeah, so like I said, you know, when you're younger, you don't appreciate those kind of things. I think we did. We are old souls anyway. So if I had the chance to go out with my friends or spend it with my grandparents or my parents, I hung around my parents and my grandparents. That was my first choice anyway. So I learned a lot growing up from your parents and mine. And grandparents have some pretty cool memories attached with food and just in general.
1: And now we're at a point in our lives where. Um, we are the grandparents. We are the grandparents. Our kids are making their own memories and their own families, and we get to watch it all happen.
0: Yep. Sort of. We're also trying to figure out how to still keep, not act like grandparents, and keep our love alive too at the yeah. same time and not just become like stagnant parents and grandparents and. Stagnant couple, I guess, more than anything. That's true.
1: That's more important. Like
0: your parents are gone. No, I didn't mean to say that. Not your parents. Your kids are gone and grown. Your grandparents. My
1: parents are gone, except for my mom.
0: Yeah. Yep. So.
1: Well, this has been our third in a row podcast from the Crafted Cool podcast.
0: Yeah. Sitting in our kitchen table, looking out the window. Sunshine.
1: This has definitely been a a foodie special. Yeah. Thanks for the biscuits and gravy.
0: Yep, that's right.
1: We hope you join us again the next time we do a podcast, which if we keep up, we'll just keep cranking them on Sundays. I guess that might be the only way we get these done is on Sunday. Yeah. After we had coffee.
0: Yep. And we might be, you know, we'll delve out into some other subjects and stuff like that too. We might even take you with us. Once it gets, it's supposed to be 60 degrees today, so we're going to go out here in a little bit and return our Red Box movies and get some sunshine for a while. Go so. to our
1: favorite coffee shop and sit in a corner yep. somewhere. The
0: Definitely. We'll take you with us on the road.
1: Have coffee, we'll travel. That's right. Well, thanks for joining, Sadie. Yeah. And we're doing something different. We're actually using our Podbean app from our phones now. It's a new feature used by Podbean. So if anybody out there is curious as to how they can make a podcast, well guess what? Podbean made it easy for you. You literally do the whole thing from your, from your phone. They give you intro music, outro music. You title it, there you go.
0: I think I'm going to come up with like a a free little workshop thing too to show everybody because I've had a lot of people ask us, you know, how did you become authors? How did you write your stories? Um, how did you start podcasting? Why did you start doing that? Maybe we'll talk about that one day on the podcast, Um, but it's easy. And we started with Audacity and some other products. We'll go into that later. But
1: It's easier now than ever.
0: Now it's, yeah, and I actually learned this from a doctor that worked with me, and she's like, aren't you using your phone? You just hit this little plus button, and it's good to go. Lifesaver. We could have been doing this all along. They even
1: make it. Our our iPhones what we use is is actually the mic on it's good enough, but oh, yeah. there is iPhone microphone accessories.
0: Which I think she uses too. You can
1: get and plug into the bottom of your phone. It's yeah. We just haven't gone that way yet. We no. will. I don't care about being
0: perfect. I just want to be real, so
1: Be real. That's Hashtag right. be real.
0: Keep it real, people.
1: Hashtag foodie.
0: That's right. Hashtag have food will travel. Hashtag, Hashtag have, have coffee will, will travel. travel. Hashtag in pursuit of purpose. Hashtag, never mind. We've gone over the top now. Coffee's kicked in.
1: Well, this has been another episode of the Crafted Cool Podcast.
0: And the Daily Escape Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Sadie. See you on the flip side.
1: Peace out.